got to catch up with Jermaine Johnson after the Pro Bowl in the locker room and uh, asked him specifically about the college football playoff, FSU being snubbed. And uh, this is what he had to uh, say. I mean, it felt awesome, man. Uh, it's got to be a no, it didn't. That's the wrong one I've got on there. It did not Goofy. feel awesome. <laughs> Goofy. <laughs> yeah, somehow you picked the worst clip. That's impressive. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Sphere, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here live on a wonderful, fantastic Wednesday evening. And just like we were talking about in the production meeting, we are in complete dead mode. It's kind of dry at the moment, but we've got a few things to talk about this evening. We've got newcomer interviews. We had some great interviews from some of the newcomers, including Cam Davis, Marvin Jones Jr., uh, Jalen Lucas, a handful of other guys, too, that we'll jump into, but some really good interviews from those guys. We've got a late commitment and signing into the 2024 class with Amari Williams. We're going to give our thoughts on that really talented defensive end that's coming into uh, Florida State's defensive end room. And then we've got a linebacker transfer from Auburn visiting. We're going to give our thoughts on that. We're going to talk Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, uh, Renardo Green. That stock is rising there for him after uh, a nice performance uh, during his week and then also you know fisk we had him on a couple weeks ago he absolutely killed it at the senior bowl uh with practices and end game so excited to talk about him a little bit we'll talk some super bowl predictions and then we'll end it off with some basketball latest with me this evening is austin Beasy, up to your top right our lead basketball writer and then down below is our editor-in-chief dustin lewis gentlemen how are we doing you had a great time up there in uh, boston d lou Great time. It was good to uh, get away for a little bit and go up there, you know, spend some time with the wife up there in a place that we both really like a lot. And yeah, I mean, a great trip, definitely a little cold at times and <laughs> wish the Celtics could have beaten the Lakers. But other than that, nice to uh, get away and recharge a little bit. Happy to be back with you guys on, like Logan was saying, a little bit of a slow week. I just want to know, why didn't you stay one more day to go to the Boston College FSU basketball game? I was on my flight back yesterday editing your game preview and i'm like hmm you know i could have stayed one more day <laughs> and then tonight on wednesday the celtics are actually playing at home again so you wow. know a little a little bit of better planning on my part and who knows maybe i would still be up there right now you would have that would have been an easy excuse just to stay up there say right? wife wifey let's have another couple nights i could have even been like hey one of these nights it's on the company yeah. You know, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on now, hold on. Where y'all going to dinner? What's what's the what's the scenery looking like? What are we putting on the expense? What are we putting on the card? 
But no, it looked like you had some great seats too. But I loved your tweet though. It was hilarious whenever uh what was it, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they uh, were on the injury report they weren't that they weren't gonna be playing. That was absolutely hilarious. That was painful, yeah, especially with uh the finances that were expensed for those tickets. And then they don't play, and you're thinking, all right, the Celtics are just going to get an easy win here tonight, and they get blown out by the Lakers' uh, C team. <laughs> I was say, as, as someone that used to work at a tic- in the ticket box office, I know how much teams charge when the Lakers come to town, so I can only imagine what Lakers-Celtics would have been just to see LeBron and Anthony Davis not play. Pain. Pain. Tra- uh, tragic. Absolutely tragic. Yeah, I felt I did feel bad for you there but we also got a two talking when we get the basketball easy we got to handle a few things too so yeah we'll get to that we'll get that to that at the end of the show um but uh before we get started as always you can listen to this podcast on itunes google play spotify if you're on youtube right now hit that like button it would definitely help slow period kind of dead right now but we're going to keep going and try to bring you guys as much content as possible and try to stay as consistent we like coming on here on wednesdays so we're not stopping so um, I know everybody's trying to enjoy actually a little bit of relaxation. I don't blame them at all. It has been a stressful since I was saying August all the way into mid-January. It has been absolutely nuts with newsworthy stuff for Florida State. So definitely after that December, it was. Uh, I don't blame anybody for kind of taking a break from FSU content. But we're going to keep staying on here and giving you some stuff on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Let's get started, though. Newcomer interviews. I kind of want to specifically start with today's because we heard from a lot of a handful of really important transfers that are coming into FSU this season. Start off with Marvin Jones Jr., Georgia transfer. We had been talking about him for years on this show. Had a big had a big recruitment with Florida State, DLU, but got to hear, hear from him today. I mentioned a few things about what he wants to do with his with his weight. What he one of the things that intrigued him into picking Florida State. Mentioned Jermaine Johnson, you know the Jared Verse, those guys. Just seeing the success that they found, and their well, Jared Verse two years, but Jermaine Johnson is only year at Florida State. Just seeing that amount of growth and these guys getting drafted as Jared Verse were projected as going into the first round in this 2024 NFL draft. Um, but anything else stand out to you gentlemen? Uh, definitely a guy that seems pretty hungry to prove something and get into a system that fits him the best. I just think really, you know, hearing about his journey from Georgia to Florida State. And as you said, we already knew Florida State pursued him heavily out of high school. And then you've got the ties through his family. You've got the ties to the coaching staff now through uh, Coach Sertan now being in Tallahassee and also the guys who recruited him in high school, you know, Mike Norvell. Adam Fuller, Coach JP, all still being here at Florida State. So those ties, I mean, just made it really easy for him. And, you know, he even said it, made a little bit of a joke, said his DMs weren't on um, during the process, and he already kind of knew that he was going to be coming to uh, Florida State and um, wants to get up to about 260, 263 pounds or so to kind of help with stopping the run and everything. And, you know, also just talked about coming over from Georgia, a place where, there's been so much success the last couple of years, obviously the back-to-back national championships, and he was able to win one there in Athens, and he thinks he can bring some championship experience to Tallahassee now to kind of help FSU get over that next step. Yeah, and two, one of his things he mentioned as well, Bobby Bowden being one of his heroes whenever he was growing up, and uh, I think a lot of fans are in that same boat as well, but really cool to hear that from Marvin Jones Jr. But yeah, he plans to put on some significant size. He's listed at 250 right now but he said coach storms i asked him you know if there any plan of adding on size which i kind of imagine there would be 
And sure enough, 260 to 263 um, that he's going to be working on into the spring. We'll see what he ends up trying to get to in the fall. But I do like that size for him, definitely, if he's going to be helping out in the run game more. Um, but, yeah, definitely you can just see a kid that you know just feels extremely comfortable. And the recruitment went really well. He ended up picking Georgia, but, you know, it wasn't too long before, you know, once he hit that transfer portal, he, he was going to pick Florida State just because of that relationship that he built with Mike Norvell, Coach JP, Adam Fuller, uh, and Tallahassee. You know, he, he'd been to Tallahassee so many times. Dad, obviously, we know, uh, was Shade Tree, but, you know, it's uh, he's just here now and he's ready to get to work. Really excited about this one. I mean, so much potential and – you know, he's been held back by injuries and then just being further down the depth chart at Georgia and now come back to Florida State, move into that traditional defensive end role instead of the outside linebacker role in a 3-4 scheme. Um, you've got you've to hope that he can have a little bit of a resurgence and get back to that five-star status that he had in high school. This whole defensive end room is going to be really fun to cover. Dealey, when you're at spring practice, man, it's, it's going to be super uh, fun just because the amount of talent that's there. And I think there's a high ceiling for some of these other guys that we'll, we'll talk about uh, later this off season that can mm -hmm. see some growth as well. Um, you know, he mentioned Pat Payton to those guys getting along and building a friendship there and kind of already knew of each other. So uh, that room is going to be highlighted as one of those that we talk about a ton as we head into this 2024 season. It's going to be fun. Not only with the guys coming back, but you've got plenty of new faces coming in and, you know, it's not as proven on paper maybe as what Florida State had last year, but a ton, a ton of talent and potential. Someone that has the potential to really stretch the field and bring some crazy speed to Magnarell's offense is Indiana transfer uh, running back Jalen Lucas. And this kid is really fun. We talked about him a little while back once he uh, committed to Florida State, but he mentioned a few things. He relates some of his game to Tyreek Hill. And Darren Sproles, I like that Darren Sproles uh, comparison there. One of the greats there from Philly. But uh, he said, you know, definitely a big threat here. So a lot of FSU fans will be excited about this because, you know, there's been some big highlights in, in Florida State's history of some guys that can bring some speed in that kick return uh, room. And Jalen Lucas is one of those, the best in college football this last season. But, you know, he just mentioned, you know, there's a few things he kind of senses it right off the bat once he sees that he's going to be taking it to the crib. Um, and those kind of guys, you know, they just sense their speed and what they can utilize and just finding that hole. But uh, Jalen Lucas, I'm just really interested to see how Mike Norvell is going to put him into this system with this running back room, because he did mention, you know, there's a handful of guys that have different attributes and talents and, you know, they're just going to try to figure out a way that fits him, fits him the best in that scheme. I think this is one we're going to look back uh, during the middle of the season and, you know, it's going to be one that kind of flew under the radar a little bit because I really like what Jalen Lucas brings, you know, not only to the offense, but also, you know, as you kind of noted there, the special teams unit with his ability to return kicks. But I mean, he was he was dynamic at Indiana in spurts, um, not only as a runner, also as a pass catcher. I think Forest State's going to be able to utilize him in some really fun ways on offense and you know, I think we're going to see some big plays on special teams in 2024 um, in that return game. And we'll see if he's able to win the punt returner spot as well. It's somewhere that he'll be competing during the spring. But the brother of Ja'Kai Douglas, and, you know, he said he wanted to reunite with his brother um, in this Florida State offense. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, a, a smaller guy, but when he's out there in space, you're, you're not stopping him. 
I'm all about sign me up for the speed. That's exactly what Mike Norvell did a lot to this offseason is adding speed to Florida State's offense. And I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm just really intrigued to see how they're going to utilize him. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, another one before we get to Cam Davis, I want to end it off with him because, man, that, that kid's super, super talented. But just hearing from him today was awesome. But um, I want to bring up, you know, Florida State, another defensive end that we heard from today was CONA Olohea, the Oregon State transfer defensive end. I have one big disappointment, though. I have a big disappointment. Once arriving, I saw that he cut off the hair. No longer has the hair anymore. Pretty disappointed, I got to say. I don't know about you, D. Lou, when we were watching the interview, but I think the rest of the beat, too, in attendance was pretty disappointed. The hair is gone. It's all cut. It was great to see it in person, though. I mean, I got a chance, but, hey, I understand it. Fresh start, and maybe he'll grow it out now throughout the year. Yeah, hopefully so. But, yeah, we heard from him uh, kind of a mix of how Marvin Jones Jr. was talking about his reasoning of picking Florida State. Uh, I think for him, he really pointed out, though, the defensive end room as a whole and how he thinks this can be one of the best in the country. They still need to put in work, he said, but this is a room that has a strong potential. He talked about Mike Norvell, said the energy that he brings every day is just different. And, you know, that's just now a reoccurring. It's a theme. It's a theme with how it goes here at Florida State. Just Mike Norvell, nothing really changes as for us as we see in person, no matter what interviews, private interviews, practices, before practice, after practice. I don't really know when he relaxes, maybe when it's at home, but uh, the energy, that's no different kind of thing that no shocker here uh, on his opinion of Mike Norvell. This is going to be a guy that Florida State fans, another one that I think that they're really going to fall in love with because Sione, not only a productive guy on the field, but I mean, just getting to hear him talk through this interview and his thought process, you know, very deep thinker, calculated guy, and also to hear more about his journey. Um, and his background, you know, it was funny. He was talking about um, his parents and said that they don't really understand football and they've never left. Um, I believe it's pronounced Tonga to to watch him play the sport at either Oregon State. I'm not sure if they're going to plan to come down to Tallahassee in 2024 yeah. for a game. But I mean, man, this is a guy that we were already excited about whenever he initially was interested in Florida State and whenever they landed him in that transfer portal. But now just to get to get to hear more of his thought process and background. It's going to be really fun to uh, watch him with this team in the spring. I think it's hilarious. Like you were saying there, his family, they don't really understand what's going on, what's happening Mm -hmm. in football. Uh, Rugby was big for him early on learning that at first. And then that transcended into football just because he liked the physicality of it. It matched that physicality. And so he got to get into that and, um, yeah, the family, the parents, not hasn't been to a game, haven't seen them him play in person, and they really just don't know what's happening. I think it's I think it's funny. I thought it was interesting. We'll see. Maybe maybe we get the family over for a game. Definitely, if Florida State can you know reach some of their goals, it might be more intriguing to get the get the family over for for a game. But um, still, you know, hopefully that hair will grow out. We got some time. We got the off season to work on that, but I think he's just wanting to make a change. And uh, I, I was just looking, I was just looking forward to it, man. I can't lie. Uh, then let's finish it off with, you know, one, and we can go back to maybe BJ Gibson and stuff. We weren't, I wasn't able to attend last week's interviews for the most part outside of, you know, Jalen Brown for a little bit, but um, let's talk Cam Davis because 
as being the longest tenured FSU commit in that class. And we've had him on this show before, um, you know, Cam Davis. And then adding that with the talent that you see on the field, we've seen him in person at camps perform, you know, the size, he loves the weight room, like he talked about today, but just the way that he is now really articulating his answers to the reporters and the way that he represents himself, FSU fans, the fan base are really going to love this kid. And uh, he talked a lot about why picking Florida State mainly and his loyalty and his commitment was because of Mike Norvell, Coach Yak, Florida State's running backs coach, uh, and a plethora of that staff. And, uh, I, you know, I just always have respect for guys that could have, you know, bounced around and maybe found somewhere else because there was a lot of schools after Cam Davis. But he stuck, and he stuck to his commitment, saw some of his recruiting rankings fall because of it. That's just how it goes in recruiting sites. You know, still very talented, but they like to kind of bump up the guys that aren't committed yet and give them more of a high rank to build up the page views and such. But Cam Davis is the real deal, and he's a garnet. He's in garnet and gold, but it was really good to hear him in his introductory press conference today, Dilu. Anything stand out to you on, on some quotes before I bring up a few? I would just say um, he's just so mature, man. I mean, you don't expect a 17- or 18-year-old kid to walk in and just, I mean, frankly, dominate a press conference like that. It's like Cam Davis has been doing these for years and years and years. And, I mean, it's been the same thing ever since he's been committed to Florida State. He's had that mature approach, that mindset. And um, I, I think he's one that could be special at Florida State, you know, on and off the field uh, with the skill set that he's bringing in and, there's not really a lot of guys that are built like him. You know, you talked about the loyalty and, you know, dropping in the recruiting rankings because he it wasn't really that interesting, quote unquote, to cover Cam Davis since he wasn't considering other schools. And if you look at his 247 recruiting profile, I'm still trying to find the last visit to another school here. So the last official one that I can find on his 247 sports recruiting profile, April 2nd, 2022, an unofficial visit to Alabama. So, I mean, we're talking about a kid who didn't even take a trip to another school in a year plus since he signed that letter of intent with Florida State. And he committed, you know, whenever it was a, a dire time for the program, had had every right at certain points to back off of that pledge and go somewhere else. You know, you think about the 0-4 start in 2021 and there were some recruits at that time that hopped off the ship and cam davis stuck around and i mean look at where he's at today so with him getting here in january it's going to be really exciting to see how he uh, fits in this running back room in the spring i oh, that's that's another thing defensive end room like earlier we we're talking about but running back room and that that continues to be a consistent basis on this show when we're previewing spring we're previewing fall camps Running back room was always talked about just because of the talent that Norvell, Coach Yak, they bring in on a consistent basis. So nothing new there. But when you're talking about highlighting a freshman that we've been looking forward to seeing for a couple of years now, just because of that loyalty, it stands out so much more. But uh, just specifically, too, I always love this kind of stuff. But uh, with with his body, what he's trying to work with, he's at 215 right now. His plan with Coach Storms is to keep that weight. Uh, but kind of shed off a little bit of that fat. So maintain 215, but kind of just cut a tiny bit, which isn't the easiest to do, uh, but that's the game plan for him. And I like that at 215. And there's a kind of handful of comparisons that you've put in. You are putting in a Discord to Dustin earlier in our uh, Noel Game Day chat, but I saw another one too, kind of maybe a little bit more of a heavier set, 
little bit of like a Devontae Freeman almost, kind of a hybrid of that. But you also had another comparison in there as well, didn't you? Yeah, I see some flashes of Cam Akers in there. And, I mean, obviously there's some Trey Benson in there with the physicality that he runs with. And, I mean, you can already tell. This guy, he doesn't come in looking like a true freshman. Uh, you know, he, he looked like he was three or four years into college three or four years ago. I don't know if anyone's seen the picture that's floating around on social media from the Tour of Duty workouts. Logan, I don't oh, know yeah. if you're able to pull that yeah. up. But whenever that came up, I'm like, Jesus, man. I mean, what what are true <laughs> freshmen? What are what are they on these days? Or maybe it's just Cam Davis and he's built different. I, I don't know. But that picture, <laughs> I mean, there's not many we cover we cover this sport, you know, we see a lot of football pictures and, and things like that. So there's not a lot of stuff that shocks me. But whenever I saw that picture, I was like, just jaw jaw dropping. <laughs> it gives it gives me Greg Jones vibes. Because mm. that was just another big physical running back and, and Cam's kind of giving that vibes in this picture here. Is that photoshopped? I mean, there's no way. <laughs> you, you could you could tell me it's a picture of a 1980s linebacker, and I'd believe it. Like he's just huge. <laughs> look at that! Look at that arm! Look at the tricep popping it, out here. He's 27. With, like, I, and especially with the way they edit it to give it like the vintage filtering, you, it just looks like an 80s linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's he's using that old Instagram kind of filter we used back when we were like middle school. That, yeah. that old style one he's got here. Um, this this one's insane. <laughs> he doesn't look. He looks thirty five. <laughs> he talks that way too. I mean, we've had him on the show. If you guys are want to go look back at an interview we had with him, or, you know, and his recruitment with Florida State, uh, he's he, he's 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 the real deal. But just look at you know, here's DJ back here. Which DJ also looks huge. Yeah. Just size, size in the legs for DJ. But then down here, Cam's Cam's leg, that's a thing too. I mean, quads. I, I can just keep on going, but it's kind of weird if I just keep on going on about We, we know you like to talk about how big the guys are. Yeah, I do. I do. This is my time to shine. Let me enjoy my time. It's the off season. I'm the only one usually asking in the in the interviews, of, you know, what are we doing? What are we adding size-wise? I'm just always intrigued because it just always transcends into – games but uh yeah coach storms just to think that he's gonna shut off a few pounds of fat i don't see a lot of fat where i don't know where (laughs) i'm not seeing a whole ton of fat there coach storms but maybe there's something he's seeing that we're not and that's why he has that job but yeah freak freak athlete and um just really interested to see where he how early action. I think we're going to see some early action out of Cam Davis in 2024. It's going to be hard to get him off the field. I think and, so, and, too. Yeah, and too, Dustin, we were talking about in the chat earlier today, just his work ethic on and off the field. Like, this guy is just all about football. You know, there's not much more about it. And this, that kind of work ethic is where you're just addicted to the game. You're not really too worried about the outside noise or the NIL stuff and all that kind of stuff. This dude is just a addicted to the he's a, he's addicted to the weight room he told us you know he started lifting going at it crazy when he was younger uh was you know benching ninth grade you know we, we've seen videos and stuff from his instagram um he's he's addicted to being in the weight room and also too baseball plays a part in that as well staying in shape all throughout the year some addictions come with problems but i i recommend that cam da- cam davis stick to this one mm-hmm. austin's just uh, he's shaking, shaking his head at you. I don't know. No comment. 
there's a, but yeah, that's, that's the majority. I don't know if anything else stands out from some of the other newcomer interviews, but those ones really specifically stood out to me. And if anybody else wants to go look back at some other interviews, they can, it's on FSU footballs or the Seminoles account on uh, YouTube. Uh, Let's talk about a commitment. D Lou recruiting doesn't stop ever. Ever. And no matter how late it is, I, I don't know how this is even possible, but here we go. 2024 defensive end Amari Williams has committed to Florida State in this 2024 class. This is a late edition. 6'4", 215, held 34, maybe more offers than that, but specifically Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Auburn, Florida. Everybody, everybody was offering uh, <laughs> scholarships to this kid. Super talented. Uh, one of the top players in his position, but a really nice addition here for Coach JP, who, if you think about it, had a really, really strong ending to the 2023 year in his room, specifically adding into this 2024 class. Oh, yeah, there was some criticism, you know, uh, yep. starting there in that month of December and especially after the early signing period and everything. And what's happened since then? Florida State's landed three transfer defensive ends, and then now they've also added – a guy with a ton of potential in Amari Williams, someone who was in that 2025 class, chose to reclassify actually in December and took an official visit to Florida State leading up to the early signing period. Um, wasn't announced by the program as an addition at that time, but you know, since then did not take a, any visits to any other programs and finally announced his uh, official pledge to Florida State this past, uh, this past weekend. And, you know, this is one where, you know, Amari Williams still relatively young to this position and still has a ton of development to do. But before I said able to get him now a year earlier than maybe expected with him reclassifying, go ahead and get him into the program and start develop, developing him. He's someone who has a, a very high ceiling. And, you know, he might not be someone that sees the field a ton this year as he starts to build up in the weight room and, and get some time, get acclimated to a college program and strength and conditioning program, things like that. But man, I think in the future, we're, we're really going to like Amari Williams, 34 tackles, eight tackles for loss, four sacks, two fumble recoveries, and an interception this past season on defense and also played tight end where he caught 16 passes for 424 yards and seven touchdowns. So it's basically a touchdown every two catches and his junior season actually was what stood out to me. Cause that's when he, he really showed some of that capability on the defensive side of the ball, or actually, I guess that was his sophomore season. I'm sorry, since he were classified, but 40 tackles, 15 tackles for loss and 15 sacks back in uh, 2022. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that'll do. I think that will do. <laughs> and it kind of, kind of continues a little bit of a pipeline here that Forest State's starting to build out at the Benjamin school. Um, they landed Ricky Knight, Earlier in this cycle, someone's going to be joining Tribe 24 as well, um, a teammate of Amari Williams this past season. And I think everyone remembers where Jordan Travis played his high school ball. Yep. I'm looking, too, you know, just seeing how this, there's a, there's still some youngsters, too, like Lamont Green that's going to, you know, see yep. a step, I think. Uh, you know, he was dealing with injury all throughout this last season. But there's some youngsters, too, that are still getting developed. Aaron Hester is still uh, on this roster for Florida State. Interested to see where it goes with him and what they plan on doing with him. So there's still some young guys that are going to be developed. And, you know, you've got Marvin Jones Jr., Pat Payton. You know, there, there's, there's a – 
lot to like from guys that have already proven some of the talent that they have, some experience like a guy like Pat Payton. He lost Gilbert Edmond, and he's back at South Carolina. So, you know, the, this room continues to grow, and you see the, you see the um, intrigue from some of these guys because of what Florida State's doing in the NFL draft and, and getting progression going and watching Pat Payton surge year by year by year and, and his growth. So uh, it's no shocker to see where Florida State's which they need and they they've lost out in the past on some of the talented guys continue to try to uh, they're building a rhythm here. And I, I think that will only help a ton once we see Jared verse go off the board in the first round. It's definitely an intriguing addition. I believe Amari Williams might be FSU's highest uh, rated defensive end signee now since Mike Norvell got to Tallahassee need to go through the numbers on that again, but I mean, yeah. he's he's right up there. So he'll be coming in along with D.D. Holmes, who you know committed to Florida State back in the summer. And FSU needed another prep defensive end in this recruiting class to you know to to continue progressing the future of that room. And now they've got two really nice prospects to develop in Amari Williams and D.D. Holmes. I still wouldn't be surprised to see someone transfer out of that room because that makes what ten defensive ends or edge. Something like that. Jaden Jones is still hanging around. Now you've brought in four more guys since the offseason. you still got Pat Payton. So, yeah, I think you're talking now eight, nine, or ten. I'm just going by your article, and you had nine before Amari Williams, so that's ten. Well, there you go. So that's that's a lot of bodies in that room, so I wouldn't be surprised to see someone transfer out at the end of spring. Those are really the two, when you when you look at what's loaded up on the roster, it's, I think, wide receiver and defensive end now. I think – you got the article up, Austin. I want to say 13 receivers. Yeah, 13 receivers. Also 17 offensive linemen. Quite a few. So there's definitely some areas of attrition. I mean, Florida State, they're going to have to shed some scholarships here. Um, now sitting you know, with that addition of Amari Williams, I think that puts them at 90. So you're five over that 85 limit. And Florida State, we all remember the NCAA penalties. Going to have to uh, get rid of five scholarships over the next two years. They can break that up however they want, but right now five over and, you know, I'm assuming that they're going to take some of that penalty this year. So we might see a, another handful or two handfuls of players depart after spring practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on a few guys. So I will see what ends up happening. There's a question on here that I want to cover from Scott on Facebook asking who do y'all think are the two wide receivers that are going to break out this year and Ron Dugan's, wide receiver room is there someone or, or two that stand out to you guys that maybe also you're looking forward to seeing and and spring camp d lou specifically i don't know if you can call him quote unquote breakout since it's a senior year and he's transferring over to florida state but i think fsu is going to get the most out of malik benson and what he's hoping to bring to tallahassee as a deep threat. And I've already mentioned him before the last couple of weeks, whenever we talked about him after his newcomer interview, that he's someone that I was excited about a lot. And, you know, going back and seeing what he was able to do back in junior college and, and some of those stints uh, of his playing time at Alabama, a, a ton of potential there, a ton of speed and Florida state, I feel like they can unlock that. And then also I got to go with Hiking Williams, you know, going into a second season in the program, we saw some really good signs last year, some really nice flashes, but, Unfortunately, that injury really limited him there the last four, five, six weeks of the season or so. was actually able to dress out and play a season high in snaps in that Orange Bowl. But, you know, former five-star prospect has really, really gotten into better shape since he arrived at Florida State and 
continued to be more consistent in practice. So he's another one that I can see taking a major step. I don't know that there's anyone that's going to really break out. This might be a hot take. I think it's going to be more of a receiver room by committee. Like, I, I honestly be surprised to see anyone get over 650 or 700 receiving yards just because there's so much talent in that room. And no one, as of now, that you could say is a standout guy. I think Kentron's due for, A, a healthy season. And if he's healthy, that's going to help him a lot. He's He knows the system. He's got the trust within, you know, the team, the staff, everybody. I think he's due for, for a bigger season. And I think Destin Hill, you know, he dealt with some injuries down the stretch last year, didn't really play a lot. I think him in his second season, I think he's he's due for a much larger role. Yep, I agree. I was going to say Destin Hill there. Um, and then to uh, Vandravius, you know, someone who also kind of got dinged up a little bit. True freshman, wasn't expecting to see a whole ton from him. Uh, his freshman year, but that kid is just too wildly, wildly talented. And, you know, Mike Norvell really raves about him. So there's a handful, you know, there might not just be two. There might be a handful of guys that there are some nominees for what will, what could happen this upcoming season, but we'll get a good glimpse and hint at it when we get to the spring ball. But great yeah, question. They, there, there's just like, there's six or seven guys that you could realistically make an argument for between Jakai, Tron, Darian Williamson, Malik Benson, Destin, Hakeem, Vandravis, Jalen Brown, that's eight guys, not even listening to freshmen. Yeah. That's a lot of guys that, that could easily get 500, 600 receiving yards. And two, you know, you go back, Johnny Wilson, Keon, those were guys that you could rely on and try to throw the ball. They had the range. Keon could, you know, usually catch some, he caught crazy freak athletic, uh, made those crazy plays. And then, of course, Johnny was a go to just because of the range that he had. So, you know, he was going to garner those yards no matter what. Um, but that's where DJ's, you know, really going to have to find who his go-to guy will be. And I'm interested to see who that might be that, that stands out for us. And I, I feel like Kentron is an easy choice starting off just because of like y'all were saying, he's in the system. Monroe really trusts him in the red zone. They'll take one-on-one -on -one shots with him just because of his hands and his length. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to like for, if you're a quarterback at Florida state university right now, looking at your wide receiver room. Uh, let's talk real quick. Cam Riley, an Auburn linebacker transfer. We were raving about him in the production meeting, but uh, Florida State, we kind of talked about too the last couple of pods, you know, Florida State potentially looking to add in that linebacker room with some experience. Not a whole ton on the stat sheet from this kid, but what you like about him is this size. This is a big linebacker that recently visited Florida State. 6'5", 242 pounds. It's massive. That's a that's a big boy. And if you go just size comparison weight wise, him and Lundy around that same range, but height wise, it's a different different realm. Uh, this is a huge. This is like uh, a big tight end esque right here that you would have at the linebacker unit, and he, he can move around. But Cam Riley recently visited uh, Florida State. Big kid, big kid. But yeah, he was at FSU Friday Saturday. Um, and that means that he was able to view one of the program's tour of duty workouts. And I'm sure he also spent a lot of time around Mike Norvell, um, Randy Shannon, and Adam Fuller. But Florida State, you know, in the market for another uh, addition to that linebacker room to add some experience and talent leading up to the 2024 season. Um, if Cam Riley does choose Florida State, you know, obviously not going to be here in the spring. He would join the team 
in the summer, which, you know, is a little unfortunate that he wouldn't be able to have that period of practice to, to go through with the Seminoles. But at the same time, you know, he's someone that's already played four years at the college level. And I think that he's someone that Florida state, you can kind of, you kind of know what you're getting out of him um, if he does choose the Seminoles. But as you said, Logan, six foot five, 241 pounds, crazy frame, um, has a lot of experience in the SEC playing at Auburn, 46 career appearances, 11 starts, career total of 120 tackles, 8.5 tackles for loss, two sacks, and two pass deflections. Um, back during his one season as a primary starter with the Tigers in 2022, had a career high 66 tackles, 3.5 tackles for loss, and a pass deflection. Uh, he was a teammate of Keandre Jones for a couple of years there as well at Auburn. So those ties, you know, could be interesting if he does decide to choose Florida State. I'm sure those guys were able to catch up a little bit while he was in Tallahassee. So this is an, another interesting one. You know, Florida State, they brought in a linebacker out of the portal with high potential and Sean Murphy, who hasn't, you know, quite broken onto the field and contributed to the stat line just yet, but they're hoping that he can do that in Tallahassee. Cam Riley comes in a little bit more proven. So, you know, adding those two guys to the room, it, it would be huge to, to get some more experience, obviously, with Kalen Deloach and Tatum Bethune moving on. So to add those guys alongside Lundy, Omar Graham, Blake Nicholson, Justin Cryer, some of those guys uh, would shore up that linebacker room. Yeah, that'd be a nice, solid addition. Hey, we think Florida State's in a pretty good spot here, D. Lou, though, after, the, after those couple days of visits? Or did tour duty scare him off? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you never really know. I, th I think you got to follow the visits on this one. I think with Florida State hosted them, it, it certainly speaks to their chances in this recruitment. But with Cam Riley being someone who's not going to enroll anywhere until the summer, not exactly sure what his current timeline's looking like as far as a decision. You know, he can kind of continue to stretch things out over the next couple of weeks or, or months if necessary, or or choose a home in the near future. So we'll see what it holds. It's a big, big boy there. That's for damn sure. So I'm interested to see if he's going to be joining Randy Shannon's room going into the 2024 season. Uh, we wrapped up some coverage on the Senior Bowl, also Shrine Bowl. A handful of Knowles participating, participating in both of those. Uh, some guys to highlight, though. You know, Jarian Jones had a great week. Uh, Braden Fisk. Probably was one of the most highlighted FSU players just because of the amount of shock that I think some of the scouts plus people there covering the game uh, were like, who is this guy? You know, you always have that <laughs> dude. And definitely when it's in the trenches on the inside and he's making some crazy plays and his get off speed. Like, you know, we, we saw that. We saw that in practices first off once he arrived and he was able to fully participate in practices. But then we saw it in games a ton and wasn't really highlighted until maybe the latter half of the season when he was fully healthy, when we talked about it with him, you know, it took him a little while to get that rust off coming back from that shoulder surgery. But you know, this is another freak athlete that Florida state's going to put on display at the NFL combine to perform also at the pro day. And then sure enough, as he does senior bowl, he had a phenomenal week of practice, gentlemen. He was all over my Twitter feed. You know, a lot of people just, you know, you know, me following a lot of the Bucks sites, as we're covering the Bucks, talked with a few people. Also, the site there, a Pewter Report, they were there on hand covering the Senior Bowl, and that was one of the names that they wrote down as someone that they would be really 
interested and really like to have uh, uh, with the with uh, the Bucks, but you know, just depending on where he ends up going, this is a guy that really showed out and upped his stock. He made a ton of money, and you know that's how it's been the last couple of years as far as Florida State players that go to the Senior Bowl. Uh, Jermaine Johnson did the same same thing, went in there and dominated the entire event while well, the practices leading up to the game and did so well he decided not to participate in the exhibition and still was able to get drafted in the first round of, of the NFL draft. And um, Braden Fisk, you know, did the, he dominated the week of practice, went into the game, had arguably an even better performance than he did throughout the week in the practices. I mean, just a, a wrecking ball. And also speaks to his uh, selflessness because he became the first player in the 75-year history of the game to switch teams on the day of the event, which, I mean – Kind of, kind of unheard of, and he had already earned, you know, honors for pra- in practice that week for the players on the team that he ended up uh, switching to, um, crediting him as the best defensive lineman that they had faced. So uh, he definitely made himself some money this week. Showed off some of that uh, quick burst off the line, his athleticism, and I mean, just his his all out effort. Because Braden Fest goes 100 percent every single play that he's out there. Got to continue to carry those kind of performances into a uh, pro day and, and the NFL combine, but Braden Fisk uh, setting himself up nicely here to uh, have a fat check. Yeah. He, he made himself as much money as any Florida state prospect did these last couple of weeks, you know, heading into draft season. I think he was more viewed as like a late or mid to late day three kind of guy. And I think now he's at worst a third round pick. He's just so explosive off the line and what he makes, what he lacks in measurables, he makes up for an effort and get off. And he's just so quick off the line that, you know, it's going to be hard for a team not to take a chance on that at the, in the third round. Yeah. And then another guy that really shined as well, a handful of them, but Johnny Wilson was talked about a ton because uh, I was actually talking with Adam from Pewter Report covering the Buccaneers and, you know, I was like, so how do you feel about seeing Johnny Wilson? And he was like, I did not know you could match that kind of size with speed. And, you know, we we saw it at practices, Dustin, early on once he arrived. Like, holy crap, we didn't think he'd be that fast. And then you saw it translate into games as well. But whenever you're in person, it just stands out a whole ton more. And that's why he was talked about all throughout the week. And I didn't participate in the game, but still practices-wise, uh, he helped himself quite a bit, uh, and I don't know. I, this this kid, just depending on what a whatever a scout from a team and a GM, what they end up trying to do, you know, this could be someone that could be kind of a shocker that he ends up going earlier in the draft. I'm, I'm really interested to see. This is one that intrigues me a ton going into this 2024 NFL draft. It's possible that someone just falls in love with what he presents with his size, his athleticism. It's just not something – that you could teach. And I mean, if he can ever stop the the simple drops on some of those plays that, you know, he makes, he makes some of the crazy catches look routine and then drops some of the easy ones. And we saw some of that at the senior bowl. There were some really good moments from Johnny Wilson, but then I also saw some clips where, you know, he dropped a slant over the middle or a pass that hit him right in the hands. But at the same time, it's just so much potential. I mean, if you can cut that out of his game, how do you stop a guy who's that tall who can run like that? This is a funny clip here, though. It went uh, and trended quite a bit through FSU Twitter, but uh, this was uh, Johnny Wilson on a Georgia defensive back and beating him here on a good 
15, 20 yard, 25 yard gain right here on this throwing catch. But yeah, that, that's the thing. He's got to clean up, got to clean up uh, the, the drops. And it's not even just midfield and it's, it's in the red zone, man. There's some drops in the end zone that uh, really put FSU in some, and some little, some spots that we got stressful in games, but if he can cut that, and I think it's all a mental thing with him because you can see him answer and respond. That's something Mike Norvell really liked about him. That's why they continue to give him, give him shots. And, you know, Jay Trav kept on going to him. You saw it with Rada maker um, and Glenn for a little bit, but yeah, I'm just interested to see if there's going to be one team that really gushes about this kid's, ability and potential and if they can get some good coaching around him see him succeed in the league i'm curious um, to see what he runs at the combine because i know we all know he moves well for his size but if he can show that with you know a low four or five number i think that helps him a lot let's uh let's do uh I'll build a spreadsheet or something and let's take our guess when we get closer to the draft it'd be fun to kind of get our guesses on it and loser has to wear a clown hat how about that oh wow yeah, and then look at you're getting the you're getting the cat treatment on the stream right now. I know. Easy. I've I've had both of them all night and they've been fighting <laughs> right over there, and now she wants to be sweet because she's hungry. Yeah, she she just wants to get the attention. She knows that someone else is getting the attention, so she's like, "All right, I'm coming in here to take it all." Um, but yeah, let's and then two. Uh, Renato Green. There was a piece earlier, actually, right before we jumped on to here from PFF, naming Renato Green as one of the uh, top defensive players that up their stock during the Shrine Bowl. And, you know, in their piece, they highlighted just his game consistency and the way that he can stick to wide receivers. Um, how we were talking about earlier, you know, Jarian Jones, Renardo Green, not talk, you know, they're not going to be uh, the Jared Verse, the, the Keon Coleman kind of level, even like Johnny Wilson or Braden Fisk of, you know, how much we're talking about Knowles getting drafted earlier on. But these could be some some steals, though, and they might actually get drafted pretty earlier than maybe some are thinking. Them and also Kalen Deloach had a really nice week over there at the Shrine Bowl. Didn't end up playing in the game. Um, Fabo had some moments. So, I mean, not every single former Noel we talk about is going to go in those first, second, or third rounds or be a top 100 draft pick. But I think, you know, looking at it on paper, we're, we're seeing probably – seven, eight-plus guys that are going to be drafted in, in the seven rounds of the NFL draft this year. And, I mean, that's something to celebrate after the last couple of years with the the low numbers of guys that Forest State has put into the league. And uh, to be able to add into that, actually have some more reason to watch football on Sundays. Jaron's made himself a lot of money. You know, a lot of teams are in need of that third nickel corner, and he's as good of a nickel corner as anybody in the draft. Um, I think Renardo's size – we were talking about it before the podcast, but I think his size gonna, is going to hurt him. He's still just a little undersized for a guy that's going to end up playing outside corner. I, I know Logan likes to bring up Asante Samuel Jr., yep. but his size is going to hurt him at the NFL at some point. We'll see. We'll see. Don't pull a Scotty Barnes kind of uh, early prediction. I'm not, say, I'm not saying he'll be a bust. Sure, I'm, sure. no, <laughs> okay. I'm not going that far. I'm, I'm just saying it might hurt his draft. Yeah, side. yeah. I think it's yeah. I think it's different comparisons because I mean at least Scotty Barnes was the fourth pick you know it's kind of bold to be like hey he's going to be a bust but you know, maybe not fourth round pick. <laughs> oh here we go. We'll wait. We'll save that for later. Don't worry about it. Um, 
but yeah, no, those two I'm high on and um, just jarring the way that he's, he, I love him. He just tweeting up, you know, Florida state is everything, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he's been long gone. And a lot of other former Knowles recent ones that are tweeting out, you know, Jared verse and Trey Benson showing love and being really uh, thankful for the coaching staff, the program and everything. Uh, I, I think a lot of just the on-field stuff we know, but just those interviews that play a big part too, and what they're going to be bringing into these organizations that is going to play a big role and getting these guys bumped up a little bit more. They're just, they really did a good job with Mike Norvell and how they got those guys into their system and uh, were really good locker room additions. And that's something that um, I think a lot of NFL teams are going to like. Um, but yeah, any, anything else from any other bowls? Uh, so, I don't think we I mentioned still, Jaheim. Yeah, Jaheim was, was there too. Fine. And he was someone I saw get some praise as well. I actually saw one <laughs> website. I, I can't remember the name, but someone – I read something earlier. Jaheim Bell was being talked about as a top five tight end in the draft. I, I was about to say, it's it's going to help him that he's in this year's tight end class instead of last year's because last year there were so many talented tight ends, and it seems like this year it's not as high end of a tight end class, so he could be you know that fourth, fifth, sixth tight end off the board. Yeah, a ton of uh, a ton of catches here. I'm just looking through a handful. Of he he had, he had that one touch that they were doing one on ones, and he had that one route against Cam Kitchens from Miami. That was mm-hmm. that was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And he was he was talking some smack at, to the camera in the end zone too. Yeah, didn't he say this shit's too easy or something? Yeah, w- he said a little bit more than that, but yeah, that that was the gist of it. <laughs> the most <clears throat> PG thirteen way I can go of it. But, uh, yeah, he has a lot of – he's always had confidence in himself. And, you know, he's dinged up throughout the season. And, you know, I I think it kind of got to a point where Minervell didn't – he just had so many pieces around, kind of overloaded that offense a little bit too much for Jaheim Bell. And if there's a team – we dude, tight ends are blowing up in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And they're very needed, very needed. And offensive coordinators are finding different ways of utilizing them. <clears throat> and it's working a ton. And now they're at that range – if you're going in this class, you look, you listen to scouts right now. They're talking about uh, how that how tight end is almost as important as wide receiver right now, and it's helping a ton with these offenses and efficiency. So, uh, interested to see what uh, you know which team ends up picking Jaheim Bell because it's going to have to fit a mold that goes with their uh, with their offense, and they're looking for some mm-hmm. some speed in that tight end room. This is one where I, I wonder if a team overlooks maybe his deficiency as a run blocker for what he could be as a receiver. Cause we saw it throughout the senior bowl. I mean, um, a, a guy that fast and, and that physical as a tight end, he, he's really tough to cover whenever he's out there in open space. And um, it got took, it, I don't, I want to say it got taken a little bit for granted this past year at Florida state, but I mean, he was, he was banged up, I think more than people know. So getting some time off there to heal leading up to the senior bowl, I think that was a crucial, a, a crucial part in him putting together a really good performance out there, but man, I mean, basically since I want to say Clemson week, he was banged up throughout that entire year. We, we saw what he did against LSU. I mean, we know what he can do against uh, <clears throat> Brian Kelly. So uh, there's a question on here. What's your prediction on how many guys get drafted from Florida State's from Jen on YouTube? We were kind of talking about it earlier, anyway. Yeah. But. So, J. Trav, Trey Benson, 
Keon, Johnny, Jaheem, Jared, Fisk, Jarian, Jarian, Renardo. That's nine for sure's, and then Fabian and Kalen, maybe's, and Akeem, maybe. Akeem Dent. I really think if Akeem, I mean, I understand we kind of got the gist from behind the scenes. I'm, you know, not electing to play, but, um, I think Akeem, more more stuff on tape would have helped him. Just yeah, he, was fine, he was finally healthy, man. And yeah. we saw it in the way that he was playing. Um, yeah, so seven seven people for sure. Like, no doubt in my mind. Eight to nine, maybe in ten, I think is pretty unlikely. But we'll see what happens. The the thing with Kalen, we were talking about it before the podcast. He just he's so small. He weighed in at 5'11, 202. And that's just tough for a linebacker. We gotta we gotta get him on that storm's diet again. We gotta bulk him up a little bit. At least right now, I'm thinking I'm thinking eight nine. Yeah, I'll, I'll say eight is a good number. You know who I really, I don't, and it probably helps because I'm there covering the team. But I really relate or kind of compare Kellen Deloach's game to Levante David. Blitz. Good in coverage, good on tight ends. Uh, that's a decent comparison. So, and see what the Bucks end up doing with Levante on his one-year deal. Delo to Tampa. Never know. Um, but yeah, that wraps up kind of that stuff right there. Let's talk talk some Super Bowl real quick before we ended off with some basketball. Super Bowl predictions, gentlemen, on who we think is going to come away with the Super Bowl. The only FSU player. Participating in this one is going to be Derek Nadi. He's not even participating. He's hurt, yeah. right? <laughs> he's on. Yeah, he's on injured reserve. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he, he's get part, he still gets the ring though. He still, still gets, gets a ring. Right yeah, still gets the ring. Maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, who? Who? Yeah. Is he going to get the ring, or is the Niners going to come in and ruin the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift holes? love romance storyline whatever it is i don't mind i don't mind the whole thing by the I, way I don't I, mind it i'm kind of entertained by it honestly yeah it's, it's I'm funny to... by people getting ticked off i, I get entertained yeah. by them getting ticked off it's funny how mad people get over something not even in the people they're mad about's control <laughs> that's what that's what's so funny to me <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't i yeah that, it is I, what it is. Actually, I want the Chiefs to win just for that reason, just to see people continue being mad for no reason. You know, the whole time, this whole season, I thought the 49ers were the best team, just talent-wise, offense, defense. They're the whole package. Then it's Patrick Mahomes, man. And as much as I can't – I don't – he's, he's kind of getting in that realm of how much I hated Tom Brady just because I'm a yep. Steelers fan and he would always ruin my dreams. Patty's definitely in there. He's getting up there just to so just, to see him get another so ring good. would piss me off. He's just so good. He is. Like I can't. Like, you know, I was with Brady. I I can definitely dislike the guy, but I can't say that, yeah he's a, a terrible quarterback. He's fucking like considering considering the receiving options they've had all year. Like Rasheed Rice is a good receiver. Outside of that, it's a bunch of bums. No they offense. Don't, they but, don't have a true number one receiver, and they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and that, I like, mean, it's it's pretty much all him. And the offenses looked really good in the playoffs between Rice and Kelsey. So, I'll I'll say this: this is a very obscure stat, and I, I may be wrong, 
but I don't think any team that Kirk Cousins has beat has won the Super Bowl. So that means the San Francisco 49ers cannot win. <laughs> that is an obscure start. Yeah. You know, I was I, uh, I was leaning San Francisco whenever this matchup first got stamped, but I've just thought about it more and more, and Taylor Swift can't lose, so. <laughs> I, it would – it's good. I mean, it's good for the NFL and, you know, money-wise, all this stuff on the back end. But I'm kind of here with uh, – I'm right here with our lady Jatan. And I hope, hopefully I'm saying that right. Hopefully I'm saying her name right on here. But I've actually not been a huge fan of Travis Kelsey. He's kind of pissed me off. And I hate I hate the Ratbirds, and I'm talking about the Ravens. But whenever he was moving and throwing away – Oh, that was Justin funny. Tucker's helmet like that. I loved it. I would have been so pissed off. That would have ticked me off. And he's already just kind of a cocky dude. You can just tell. And I don't know. I just can't stand it. And he's just eating up all this stuff. I don't I don't mind Taylor Swift, but Travis Kelsey, I'm taking George Kittle any day of the week. I love Kittle. Um, Travis just kind of ticks me off a little bit. I agree that the 49ers are the better team. But when it comes down to the Super Bowl, I feel like eight times out of 10, it just comes down to who has the better quarterback. And as good as Brock Purdy has played, especially given where he was drafted. There's no doubt in Patrick Mahomes. So you kind of have to go with him. I don't even know who I'm going to pick. I don't know. I've been leaning I'm, I'm Chiefs, Chiefs this whole time, but now I'm thinking about it would be so awesome to see Travis Kelsey cry off the field. be awesome to watch that happen. I'm pulling for that, but God's telling me Chiefs. But there's just so much talent for the 49ers, man. So much talent. It's just hard. It's hard. It's a hard. One. I'm just hoping it'll be a good game. This should be a. That's you know, yeah. This is gonna be a good game. I think. Which we had be. two. We had two really good championship games. Mm-hmm. You know, with the, yeah, with the Lions roaring out to that huge lead and absolutely blowing it. There we go. Got the name right. Got the name right. Jatan. At the Got very right. least, I think it's going to be competitive. But just. Patrick Mahomes, he's got that that Brady esque quality to just pull out a win. I mean, I jaw it's like jaws of defeat, and he pulls out a victory somehow. And like if if Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, we already have to talk about him eventually becoming the greatest player of all time, and he's like twenty eight. No, no, it's insane. Like yeah. he's younger than me, and he's already amounted to more than I'll ever amount to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was done back whenever he got his first scholarship. When he offer. got born? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't degrade yourself that far. Damn. <laughs> Jeez. Come on now. You ended up being a good rider. Yeah. Look yeah. at you. You're on here the spear. You're on here the spear. So, oh, man. Um, but yeah, did who are you picking? Who am I picking? I don't, I don't, I thought we could just move on to basketball real quick because I don't want to have. It'd be wrong when I pick it. I'm going. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go all in, and it also depends on my bets too. And I, the, the favorite right now is still the 49ers, I believe. Right? It should be money line. Hold on, real quick. Let's check the Hard Rock app. This is legal. We can do this now. Also, Hard Rock, if you want to sponsor this podcast, and if you work at Hard Rock, anybody in here that works there, if you want to talk to me. Logan at nolgameday.com. I will gladly do a whole we'll do a whole segment here on uh betting legally. San, Francisco, legally. San Francisco's favored by two points. Yep. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Usually I go for some pluses here, but they're favored minus two. 
It's minus 110 on the spread. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling that. I'm feeling I'm still feeling the 49ers. I am, but at minus two, that's a freaking field goal. That's a toss-up game. So I don't know. I'm interested. We'll see. But hopefully everybody has a good time watching the game too. I know everybody has their Super Bowl parties. So load up on some food. And that's it's like sad though, because it's our last football event, man. It was tough this last weekend. I'll be honest with you. Luckily, we had UFC going on, uh, and that you know keeps me going. And we have our MMA knockout site and whatnot. But man, no more football. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this last season blew. But I'll be honest with you, that was at least work wise, uh, took a toll on us there in the last month and a half. <laughs> Speaking of uh, taking a toll on us, let's jump over to FSU basketball. Leonard Hamilton and the Seminoles really, really. Just they won their most recent game. Yeah, but okay, college by one point. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Florida State is Go not back being busted. Go back no, to Florida Louisville. Lost to the okay, worst fine. team in the ACC. Go back. Fine. The Louisville loss was abysmal. That is the most frustrating <laughs> loss I have watched in a long time. Louisville is a bad basketball team. There's just there's just no getting around that. Louisville is a bad basketball team. They had eight available scholarship players because they had like five people in the injury report and they just could not stop them. I, I don't know what Florida state's defensive game plan was, but they should have done the opposite. And I, I, I kept saying that they needed to shrink the floor a little bit, you know, literally close those driving gaps for Tyler Johnson, who some, someone said he looked like prime ish Smith. And I'm like, that is weirdly correct. Cause he was just so fast getting around everybody. It, was, it looked like an AAU ball. He was just throwing behind-the-back passes and just absolutely tearing Florida State up. It was it was so frustrating to watch. And I'm glad that their te- their defensive effort was better on Tuesday because Saturday was not it. It was the first time they've allowed 100 points since Duke at the on December 30th, 2017. I was actually at that game. It was a really fun basketball game. Um, just one of the worst defensive performances in a while. And, Granted, the officiating didn't help. There was 80 total free throws and 57 total fouls. Uh, the game went for two hours and 38 minutes without going to overtime. Uh, just a long, miserable, frustrating basketball game that even as we sit here, you know, half a week later, I still can't believe they lost to Louisville. They had won seven straight versus Louisville, and you lose to this Louisville team. I was, I was hot for a minute. I went to bed angry, woke up angry. <laughs> like it was it was just frustrating that's just not a team you can lose to you did so much great work in january just to blow it it really in one game all that hard work just to blow it in one game the thing it's so much inconsistency with the squad i don't even know i don't even know if inconsistent is a word for a loss like that i mean we've seen some of those crazy runs that they've been on the opposite end of against georgia and North Carolina, and I mean, even in some of the games that they won, but I mean, to lose like that to Louisville, really embarrassing. I'm I'm thankful that I was on vacation and that I was not able to watch the full game. I did pull it up at one point during dinner and watch it for a couple minutes, and I was like, all right, well, I'm not watching anymore. And then as soon as he closed it, he must have texted me because he texted me at some point. I did text you. Going, this is embarrassing, and all I could do is emphasize it. I couldn't even respond. I was so mad. It's true. He did not text me back. Yeah, he kept me on red. That's tough. Uh, no, I emphasized it. I didn't leave him on my red. I just oh. emphasized it. 
I don't even know if you put in a title in the recap. Like, I think I had to make the title up for you. You just put uh, Louisville. <laughs> no, that that was that was for last night's game. That I think for that one, I said their defense fell flat, and then you changed it. Mm. Um, I like my title better. That's fine. I I was too frustrated by the time that game ended to have consciousness. Um, it's just you can't lose to Louisville. You just can't. They've won eleven games in the last two years combined. I think Kenny Payne is eleven and forty-three as a head coach at Louisville. And if if you read our good friends' comments at Louisville and under the SI Fan Nation umbrella, everyone before the game was like, "Why are we even playing this game? Fire Kenny Payne. <laughs> just get to the end of the season so we can hire someone." And then they beat Florida State. I was so mad. And I mean, it's just crazy. Like you go from. Beating Syracuse on the road, beating a really good Wake Forest team at home to just having Which, a collapse like that. Speaking like, of Wake Forest, they are so good right now. They're up to like 22nd in Ken Palm and like top 40 in, in the net. They're really turning around recently. But I mean, even close losses to North Carolina, like this team, was it last podcast or the podcast before where we were we were talking about potentially making the NCAA tournament if they win so many games down the stretch. And if they win this game and win that game, it's going to help the resume. And this team who they lost to earlier needs to win this. Now it's like, all right, well, hopefully they finish over 500 so they go to the NIT. Yeah, which I I, I don't think that's – to me, that's not as much of a concern. They're 13-9 and as we sit right here on February 7th with, I want to say, nine regular season games left. Um. I think it'd be a pretty major meltdown to not finish at least above 500, which I'm not counting out the possibility. We, we've seen some wild things on this team the last couple of years, but I'd, I'd be surprised. Um, this Saturday is going to be a really interesting game against Virginia. Um, luckily, they kind of got a little mini warm-up last night against Boston College, who plays the same pack line defense that Virginia does, obviously not at the same level. Uh, we just saw Virginia hold Miami to 38 points. Miami came in the game averaging over 80 points a game and got held to 38. Um, so Virginia's playing really well, won seven straight. But the Boston College game was a good little warm-up, good little bounce back. And and Florida State hasn't beaten Boston College at Boston College since 2016. You know, it's been almost a decade since they won up there. It's just one of those places Florida State's not had great luck. And to come away with a win, I will take it any way they can get it. They tried their hardest to lose it. Um when Darren Green missed the front end of the one of one with 10 seconds left, my first thought was, oh, my God, it's the Georgia game again. I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, but then they clamped up for 10 seconds and, and got out of Chestnut Hill with a win. A win's a win. I mean, one point, 10 points, even though I think they're up by what, like 14? They're up, they up 19 to four, five minutes into the game. Like they, they came out of the game hot. I'm like, oh wow, we might blow Boston College out of the building. And then for, for some for some reason, Boston College didn't start Claude L. Harris. And I think that's the reason they lost the game. Because once he came into the game, he had a much bigger impact just because he could score the basketball. And you know, once he came in, they started stringing together some some scores and it's a much different game after that. But you know, wins a win in Florida State. I don't think they ever lost the lead. It was tied a few times, but I don't think they ever lost the lead throughout the entirety of the game. So no, you get wins anyway. You can get them on the road in this in this league. Taylor Bull Bowen had oh a really God. nice performance. He was awesome. Nine points, three rebounds, three steals, a block. He had, I think, my favorite assist of the season 
where he took it coast to coast off the right side. Thanks, Kat. Um, he took it coast to coast off the right side, attacked the basket, and then directly underneath the basket, he just one hand whips it out to Josh Nickelberry for wide open three. I'm like, this dude really wanted to put it on for what was as close to homecoming as he could get, uh, hailing from Vermont. So really awesome performance from him. I, I cannot wait to see the player he becomes. I love the cat just yawning while you're talking. <laughs> that's, a, that's a three-month-old kitten for you. Yeah, just like this is boring. That's Are we done yet? Yeah. <laughs> is, dinner is it time. dinner time yet? Oh, yeah. Might as well end off the show. Well, yeah, but yeah, a couple, two Virginia games, uh, two Virginia games ahead, but really more specifically, though, VZ. Great, awesome news here. Scotty Barnes, named first-team all-star. First time All Star for Scotty Barnes. I had I had to throw wow. on the, re- the retro Scotty Barnes Florida State jersey just for this yep. podcast. Congratulations to Scotty Barnes, one of uh one of our favorites there, VZ, um, our co-host here though, Dustin, as we all know, has called him a bust at the very beginning. <laughs> this is where we can get your comments because you you know didn't get the comment. We you said that it was rigged in voting. You think he rigged it? He, he got that you know, talk with the tech team behind the scenes and rig the website and everything. But uh, really just now you've had some time, Dustin thoughts on uh, Scotty Barnes um, still a bust or just still evaluating. <laughs> First NBA all-star selection from Florida state in 20 years, it's been an incredible season for Scotty Barnes. And, you know, I've been, I've been working on this for a couple years now. It's just honestly a big brain move. You know, everyone knows this is the largest podcast in the Florida State space, and every player that went to Florida State listens to this podcast. So obviously, you know, whenever Scotty was drafted, I had to give him some extra motivation, and look what look what he's done. He's proved me wrong every day, turned into an outstanding player, and I'm wow, just so excited to see what he's become. And, you know, I, I kind of take a little bit of the credit. <laughs> yeah, so as, as Dustin mentioned, first Florida State All-Star since Sam Cassell in the 2003-2004 season. Who I saw on Sunday, and I I was yelling at him, like, in the second row. I'm like, Sam Cassell, like, Florida State. And he looked at me and just walked away. So I, f- I feel like I've said this story on the You're podcast before, but when I was in Vegas for the Summer League after 2019, I had a Florida State polo on doing some networking, and he's walking from one game to the other. He walks by, pats me on the chest, says, love the shirt, and then runs. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Sam Cassell. <laughs> so... <laughs> It was cool to see him last night at the Vasa College game as well, checking out his former team. Um, let's see. Let's see if Logan knows the third Florida State former All Star. If he read my article, um, I'm gonna go with played for oh, the Celtics. That's why I'm not asking Dustin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I got it. It's Dwayne Bacon, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was the first Whoa. player that came up into my mind. <laughs> It does start with the same letter. Dave Cowens, who was an eight-time All-Star back in the 70s, former NBA MVP. With Scotty Barnes only being 22 years old, there's obviously one All-Star is a long way away from being eight, but being 22 years old, he could very, very easily get to get to that number. Now that we're in the offseason, we got to find something that makes this a little bit more interesting for the shows on a weekly basis. So we got to find something to wear. We make a bet to where Dustin has to buy and wear a Scotty Barnes. Ooh, I'd, lo- I'd love that. So. I've, I I do have two. I've got this one. And I got a black and gold Toronto one. Okay. 
Well, maybe we pick a game that Scotty Barnes is going to be playing in, and if he hits an over or something, and let's, 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 let's do it for the All Star game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do they actually play in that? Like, I mean, everybody plays, and they kind of just score and throw up highlights. It's going to be one of those games where Scott is doing his like spectrum walk. Oh, <laughs> where he's he, he doesn't look like he's all the way there. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Spectrum walk. I was like thinking of like the internet spectrum. No, like, uh, getting sponsored. It, no, he's just uh. Sometimes just he's, not all, he's not all the way. He's not all the way behind. There. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. he kind of acts like it. Um, <laughs> I got, I got to send you the video for it to make sense. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's just gonna be, you know, walking up and down the floor. Okay. He'll probably still end up like fifteen points because everybody does in the All Star game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he's there, and also have to give a shout out to Malik Beasley, who's going to be representing Florida State in the NBA three point contest. Nice, good for him. He kind of had a, some. Roller coaster of a ride so far in his NBA career, like just he's like on his fifth. Well, that too. Uh, but I think he's on his fifth NBA team in seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's bounced around. Uh, before we hop off of here, though, I mentioned I was at the Pro Bowl, so got to see a handful of Knowles. Saw Jalen Ramsey uh, play. Jalen's so much fun to just watch and see in person uh, again. But then also got to catch up with Jermaine Johnson after the Pro Bowl in the locker room and uh, asked him specifically about the college football playoff, FSU being snubbed. And uh, this is what he had to uh, say. I mean, it felt awesome, man. Uh, it's got to be a- No, it didn't. That's the wrong one I've got on there. It did not Goofy. feel awesome. <laughs> Goofy. Yeah, and somehow you picked the worst clip. That's impressive. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> I actually staged that. I'm just trying to get some good comedy on the show, guys. Come on now. Man. On now. Here we go. It's the off season, man. We talked to win. All the guys did was win. And it's pretty much all there is to it. It wasn't right for them to not be in it. And I mean, it's all there is to it. Dude, I think the guy in the background is fucking screwing something while I'm while whenever Jermaine's saying something, screwing something in the locker room. How does that even happen? But he said, you know, I asked about FSU getting snubbed. He said, I said it before, you're taught to win, and all the guys did was win, and that's pretty much all there is to it. It wasn't right for them not to be in it. And uh working and trying to get uh Jermaine on the show. Keep you guys updated on that, but I think that would be a really fun guest to talk to, obviously, just going through his days at Florida State and then transcending and being a pro bowler now in his second season as a New York Jet. But uh, he, the, NFC, the NFC kind of ruled the day there the whole week on uh, on pro day competition. Jermaine Johnson got slung and pulled into the tug of war and fell into the middle there. Um, and, yeah, they, and then, of course, they lost the game. Uh, our guy Baker Mayfield won offensive MVP, but uh, yeah, it's just good to catch up with Jermaine. Uh, good guy and is killing it right now in the league. What did Jalen say? Jalen was long gone. So we were supposed to get in there immediately after the game ended, kind of like how it is in the NFL here for the Bucks. You go in after the interviews or you can jump in early and get in the locker room. Jalen, long gone. A lot of guys went in and out quickly. 
caught up with Jason Kelsey that that was really cool to get his thoughts on a few things Buccaneers related, but um, yeah, that, that was Pro Bowl, man. That's the last football event. There will be I'll be hands on covering until we get into some rookie mini camp stuff. But after that, guys, though, that's gonna end off the podcast. It was a good one, a little bit longer than we expected, but here next week live on Wednesday, hopefully grab a guest. I know D Lou's in the works of hopefully grabbing one which I know would be a really fun interview for us to have on here. I know the listeners would love it. So keep an eye out for that for next Wednesday. But as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button. We've got another podcast under our network launching next month that we're really excited about sharing with you guys. So keep an eye out on that. Should have kind of a teaser announcement on that later this week actually so keep an eye out but yeah appreciate everybody hanging out with us thanks everybody commenting and being with us every wednesday it means a lot to us definitely when it's in the dead period y'all coming in here and giving us some questions giving us some topics to go off of helps quite a bit but yeah see you guys next wednesday at 7 p.m peace Mama told me not to